Welcome to the show today, guys. We have an exciting guest, Will Witt from PragerU. Uh, you will know him from his viral PragerU content, his man-on-the-street interviews, as well as his speeches at university campuses all across the country, and recently uh, in a lot of churches, which has been encouraging to hear him share his story, his love for the Lord for truth, because Jesus is kind of the way, the truth, and the life, and waking up the church to contend in the public square. Uh, if you don't know, Will Witt is a Colorado native, attended the University of Colorado Boulder for two years before he dropped out because the kooky leftists were just trying to keep pushing their propaganda down his throat. Before working for PragerU, Will Witt worked with nonprofits helping spread conservative values and conservatism across America, including his own little tabling events on his campus, challenging the premises of progressivism. He's now a successful podcaster and conservative influencer and creates online content for PragerU and helps inspire young people worldwide to fight for the values they all believe in. And he just released his first new book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Taking on Liberal Arguments with Logic and Humor. A really great read, especially for maybe um, young people or your children who are, you're afraid you're playing Russian roulette with their values because you sent them to UC Berkeley. Uh, maybe pay them to read this over Christmas break and have conversations about it. So buckle up, here we go. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. Will, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely. Love the shirt. Uh, we are indeed all uh, former fetuses. Uh, let's let's reclaim language, shall we? <laughs> the, the We're not just former that, clumps of cells. That's exactly right. Yeah, they use fetus and zygote sometimes, right, as like almost in a dehumanizing way. Like, oh, you, you, you that little fetus, that zygote, Will, how could that be a person? It's like, well, actually, fetus is kind of like a term that just refers to a small human being, kind of like infant is, <laughs> so, or like Tom Cruise, I don't know, something like that. Uh, yeah, and exactly. so great, great shirt. Uh, we love what you're doing, brother. Um, hey, just share your heart and story with us first. A lot of people don't know, um, I guess, the, the will wit behind the attractive conservative influencer. Um, and so what's your background and story before we talk about how God's been using you incredibly at PragerU? Um, what's your family background, faith background, and then um, when did God kind of get a hold of you on university campus? Yeah, man, you know, I started out then, I think, different than a lot of other, I guess you could say, conservative personalities or whoever, just people in the public square. I was a liberal atheist my entire life, and my family life was not always the best. I grew up with just my mom. My father was in, in prison growing up. And so my mom was like my main role model and she did a great job. And so I was this liberal atheist my entire life growing up and eventually everything changed when I went to college. And you talked about in my intro about Colorado Boulder. I mean, that was the People's Republic of Boulder there. I mean, it was a, a truly horrible place for anyone with a difference of opinion, right? And right, so I went there and I realized that so many of the values that my mom and uh, grandparents had instilled on me growing up, you know, personal responsibility, uh, being accountable for your own actions, not feeling entitled. These were values that no one else on my campus had. And I realized that, oh, there's actually a political philosophy that aligns with what I believe a lot more than leftism, and that was conservatism. And so from being an English major and going into sociology classes and political science courses and even my philosophy classes, my writing classes, all of them were infused with leftist dogma. And it was just like, man, I, I can't even have a difference of opinion in here. Every single time in my political science classes, when the professor would say something gnarly and abhorrent, I mean, I would have my hand raised and always be the brave one to say, no, I mean, that's that's just genuinely wrong. You are wrong. Yeah, and the yeah, other students, you know, I, I, I can imagine that they got pretty upset with me because every I had to interrupt my professor all the time, but I wasn't <laughs> going to not interrupt him. 
right? right and so right. once I started getting very involved with the conservative stuff on my campus, then I started getting involved on other campuses through Turning Point USA and then also working with the Republican Party in Colorado. And then I eventually got hooked up with PragerU and decided to make a video for them. And I taught myself how to edit the video, shoot the video, and I sent it to PragerU and they ended up loving it. And long story short, they offered me a job. And so after two years, moved out of Colorado or two years of college, uh, mind you, two years of college, dropped out, moved to Los Angeles to be doing what I'm doing now. So that was about four years ago. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, so, you, you know, your story reminds me of <clears throat> um, something that's happening with a lot of young people right now. And that is that when the enemy overplays his hand um, and makes his true agenda clear, people of more common sense kind of go, uh, I'm not chill with that, bro. I, I'm not down with that. And, and that's often coming from people who would describe themselves as you did, more liberal, maybe even atheist. But they're like, oh, I, uh, I can't follow you to that conclusion, bro. Um, and we see that happen with abortion. We see that happen with conversations about critical race theory and racism today. Uh, and you had an experience you shared in your book in the classroom, uh, I think your sociology class, um, where your professor essentially has called you a racist. And that seemed to be that point for you where you were like, whoa, whoa, I'm not, I'm not chill with this, this uh, religion, this alternative religion. Can you share a little bit of kind of what started to shift for you? Yeah, I mean, it was that story. And if you guys don't know, essentially, it was a, a there's a black girl sitting next to me in my sociology class. And my white TA comes over, we're talking about white privilege and other nonsense. And she tells me that I'm oppressing this girl next to me because of the color of my skin. Right. I mean, that is that is what they are teaching as doctrine. That's what they're teaching as their right. new religion. Right. And so many of the other white kids in the class are kind of just nodding along and taking notes like, yeah, I'm an oppressor. OK, I get it now. And I was like, no, man, what the hell are you talking about? Like this, this makes no sense. Like I, when I went through high school and middle school my entire life growing up in you know, Aurora, Colorado, I was the minority. You know, as the white guy. I mean, I was the minority. Right, right, there right. were there were a lot of other black yeah, and Hispanic too. kids in my school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I was like, what? I'm oppressing these people? Like, it's just <laughs> it's just not true. It's just blatantly false. And so when something like that happens, it's when you realize you've been lied to for so long. You know, it's like imagine if you had you were married to someone and then you find out that you know they did something horrible to you or cheated on you. Like you feel like you almost feel compelled that like you have to spread what actually happened out there in a sense. You know, it's almost the same way. It was like when I found out the truth about all this, I was like, okay, these people are not just lying to me, but everyone in America, everyone in the West. I was like, I, I have to speak out about it. You know, the girl who I was dating actually when I was in college and finding my way, she was a huge Hillary Clinton supporter back in 2016, and I remember we would get in to arguments about abortion and yeah. there, there's something to know about abortion that I'll just I'll just bring up quickly that I think is you know very very strange whereas a lot of things when it comes to feminism or different you know race or gender topics like people can be more squishy on them and I think that you can still be a part of the left even if you have a difference of opinion right. sometimes but you know if, if someone like if someone commits unspeakable sins and does horrible things and all of this, but they're pro-choice, the oh. left will still herald them as a hero. Like think about someone like Bill Clinton, all the things that Bill Clinton did in his life, but then he was still <laughs> yeah, yeah. pro-choice, right? Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, and the left still loves him. The left still loves right. Bill Clinton because he is pro-choice. It's like the abortion stuff is one of the hardest things to talk to people about. But anyway, That's that was right. one that I found out when I was going through my journey and that was something that changed for me. And I was like, right. all right, you know, I'm going to stand up for this.
That's right. Yep. You nailed it. Bill Clinton actually will in 2000, uh, within a month of being sworn in, is actually the president who brought the abortion pill to America, um, helped patent it, legalize it, brought it here. And now, thanks to the Biden administration earlier this year, they lifted all safety regulations on the abortion pill. And all that means is you don't have to show up in person anymore. You can, they can, you just order it, mail it to your mailbox. And so young women will be bleeding out in their college dorm rooms, uh, thanks to Newsom and Biden as well. Um, so you're saying that, uh, that progressivism betrayed you. Uh, progressivism wasn't faithful to you. <laughs> so you, yeah, had to, exactly. you had to spread the word of, of its infidelity on, on young people and the, the havoc it's re wreaking on the nation. Um, I, I want to get into more of your book and sort of a little bit more of your story as well. But something that I, I wanted you to share your heart with, because you, you shared it some at our church at Godspeed Calvary Chapel, uh, when you shared here just a few weeks ago or a month and a half ago or something like that. Um, but you're a new Christian as well, um, which I, I just think is so cool, brother, and I love to hear that because there are a lot of conservatives who are not believers. And so as R Pastor Rob McCoy says, you know, they, they drink deeply from the streams of liberty, but they forget its source. Uh, liberty is not man's idea, it's God's idea. He put that love for liberty in your heart, your, that love for life in your heart, and you've just kind of forgotten who gave you that, right? Um, including the breath in your lungs. And so it's, it's always cool to see people who agree with us philosophically to be like, oh, wow, like there's a reason why I love truth, uh, because maybe I should find he who is truth. And so if, if you feel open to it, I'd love you to share your story. Pastor Jack Hibbs is a good friend of mine. We work closely together on pro-life issues. Uh, and so, so you sort of wake up to the, the rotten conclusions of progressivism. You start speaking out. You come to PragerU. Um, but when do you start realizing, I, I think that there's an eternal being out there somewhere who, who loves me and died for me? Yeah, I just want to say something interesting. When you said when you said that there's a lot of conservatives who aren't believers, I just want to mention I think there's a lot of Christians out there who aren't believers too. I, I think that when you look at what's what's happening out there with, with churches and pastors not speaking the truth on the pulpit, not speaking biblical truth whatsoever. I mean, they or are lies. denying what, yeah. yeah, lies, literally lies. I mean, not even just dancing around the truth. They're literally telling lies to, the, to their, their congregation. Right. And so um, for me, when I've become a Christian, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been very important to me that I have, you know, said that a lot of my politics has changed where it used to be like the politics drives, you know, some things I would maybe say about faith or or about the things around the world, morality. Now it's the opposite. The faith drives the politics to then make my, mm. my greater points. And I think that That's that has right, been yeah, yeah. really eye-opening for me, especially in like a, a growing of wisdom type of way. Wow. Anyway, but I, I, I came to my, my Christianity first from just, again, when I was becoming a conservative and understanding that the greatest minds in American history, the founding fathers, I mean, they knew that you have inalienable rights given to you by your creator. There's no other country in the world that has a constitution that is a that is like America where where people realize this. I mean the French Revolution happened yeah. shortly after the American Revolution and they had to have five constitutions. If they would have just done what we did, I think they might have had a little bit of an easier time, right? <laughs> right, right but they didn't. Right. And they didn't because they're a, a inherently atheist society. But in terms of you know what America is, I mean, they knew that you don't get your rights or morality from the government. You get those from God. And so realizing that and saying, okay, if I really believe in these guys and I think they're so smart, maybe they had something going on here. But I still, you know, I, I still kind of played around with it and wasn't really. Yeah. I considered myself like looking for it, but didn't really do enough. You know, uh, right. to be honest, I was being lazy about it. I was being lazy about looking into faith. And so then yeah. about a year ago, probably. Uh, when the pandemic was still in full swing and everything, and I was basically like, okay, 
I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read the Bible. I don't know what it was. I just felt compelled. Hmm. I just felt compelled. I was like, I'm here. You know, so many people are out of work and it's really sad for a ton of people. And I, I, I just, I want this in my life. And so I read the, I read the four gospels. And what I realized is like the same thing before when I was talking about truth with, with my politics is that if you read the four gospels and you understand that Jesus died for us and the things that are in here are true, then you don't have a choice but to give your life to Jesus, right? You, you literally don't have a choice. You either read it and you say, okay, I don't believe this and I'm going to disregard it as nonsense, which many people do, unfortunately. But for me, I read it and I said, this is the truth. And so because of that, I had to give my life to Christ. And I gave my life to Christ on January 16th uh, of this year, actually. So about, what, 10, wow. 10 months ago yeah, yeah. Uh, with Pastor Jack Hibbs in, in Huntington Beach, California. The ocean yeah, was freezing, yeah. but it was it was an amazing experience. Yeah, truly. that's awesome. Yeah, well, um, Jesus truly was the greatest former fetus to have ever existed, I guess. Um, and that, that's what I always sort of gently remind or not so gently, sometimes I tend to rip progressive Christians a new one, is, is hey, you know, you're trying to blend pro-choice with your Christianity, bro. Um, you know, I'd be careful with that uh, because if you're going to be consistent, you would need to say that Mary had a fundamental natural right to abort your Savior. That's kind of weird, bro, um, and we're celebrating Christmas next month, so maybe you should like either choose Christianity or atheism. Don't try to blend mm-hmm. killing your savior, your prenatal God-man, uh, with your faith, because uh, then he wouldn't have died on the cross, so that's a little bit weird. Um, but this becoming more and more popular, and it goes back to your point that many quote-unquote Christians, uh, far from preaching truth, um, not only are they not preaching truth or afraid to say what they really believe, but oftentimes they're actually on the other side of the aisle. And we see tons of pastors, they came out, Lecrae was one of them, a massive popular Christian rap artist, um, who said, oh yeah, vote for Democrats, man. Because, you know, I think Democrat policies decrease abortion rates a little bit. I don't know. I'm just spouting off some study I heard. So yeah, I'm pro-life, but vote for the party that lynches your neighbors in the womb. Uh, it's like, whoa, that, that doesn't sound like what Christians do, bro. But it becomes very popular. And then people look up to these people like Lecrae and Tim Keller and other popular pastors. And they go, oh yeah, I mean, he must have it right. Um, but then those same people would never say you can vote for pro-slavery Democrats in 1850 and still be an abolitionist. Um, and so that's certainly true on the issue of abortion today. Um, well, hey, I wanted to play for our listeners um, a, a clip here from you at um, this park. What was the park in L.A.? Echo, was it, Echo, it was Echo Park? Echo Park, yeah. Echo uh-huh. Park, that's right. Um, which if, if you live in L.A. and you want to get a little taste of San Francisco parks, um, that's where you go. Um, and I had a real kick out of this video when you released it a couple years ago. So um, let's play just two minutes of this for people who haven't watched it, because I want them to watch it, because you do an incredible job here, so simply uh, sort of uh, portraying the debunked premises of the pro-choice position. So let's play this first, and then we'll talk about it. We have a petition to stop the killing of eagles, like eagle eggs, you know, people disturb them or they destroy them. These eagles haven't been born yet, like they have rights, you know, everything, like we don't, we don't think that they should be harmed or there should be harsher penalties for those kind of things. Would you guys agree? Yeah, sure. Awesome. If you guys agree, we have a pen right here. Yeah, of course. Awesome. Don't kill eagles. Yeah, don't kill eagles, right? Eagles have rights too. (laughs) So here's a pen. Eagles are people too. Yeah, eagles are people too. Sign printed name. I signed it. It's It's fine. fine. Don't worry about it. 
Yeah, double signature is fun. I had like three white claws today. Oh my god, how fun! Perfect. All right, now you sign it. And so I didn't know if you guys would want to yeah. sign yeah. for sure. Yeah, definitely. Best of luck. I hope you save the eagles. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we actually, let me just talk to you real quick. We have one other petition about stopping the killing of humans too. Oh my god. Like babies. Stop the killing of babies. <gasps> I hate like killing you, a baby. Right? Like you hate you hate abortion. We want to protect their rights too, even though being like unborn. Wait, so I know no, if you would want to. I don't agree with that. You don't agree with that? No, I'm like I, I'm pro-abortion. Sorry. Oh, fair enough. Why? Why do you? <laughs> Is this awkward now? Oh no, like, I don't agree. You don't agree? I uh, fully support abortion. Why do you support not the killing of unborn eagles, but the killing of unborn children? Um, I think it's the mother's decision. I feel like anyone can make their own decision about their body. I think because there's specific, like, uh, rape isn't considered when you're talking of, like, e eagles aren't raped. That's, I think that's true. A human woman should have more rights probably than a bald eagle. Yeah. Okay. Abortion. Thanks. <laughs> but babies are gross. You say babies are gross? Yes. Well, it's just like, you know what it does to your body? You're not a woman, so you'd have no idea. There's precautions against that. There are. Yeah, there 2019. Are. Take birth control. Use condoms. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. So um, I remember when you released that, Will, and I think it might have been one of the first, um, like, big public um, pieces of content you created on abortion. Um, so what was that like? Before we dive into some of the nonsense that they said, what was that like for you preparing for that and then just like hearing those answers? I mean, I'll be honest, man, that was a nerve wracking video to do. That was like, what, two and a half years ago, three years ago, yeah. almost something like that over in Echo Park. I mean, you like you saw me going up to these these women, these random people on the street. And I'm like, it's not a, I mean, it's not a trick question, but but it kind of is in a sense where it's like I'm trying to lead them into a different answer. And that's, you know, doing things like that is always kind of, it's always a little bit nerve wracking to do yeah, because yeah, you don't yeah. know how someone's going to react when they realize that their logic is wrong, right? Yeah. People don't like to be proven wrong in public. I think people are usually fine with being proven wrong in private places, but in, in public, it's very scary for people to have that happen. So you never know how people are going to react to those kind of things. So, um, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Good for you, man. Yeah. I mean, with, with the, with evil so normalized in society, you know, sometimes you just have to laugh at it a little bit because, you know, what we fight is so dark that sometimes you just have to laugh, you just have to laugh at it. Like, this is so freaking crazy that this is normal and celebrated, but, uh, but it, it is real and it is that dark. But eagles are people too, right? But unborn humans aren't. Uh, very strange. Right. Not all humans are persons. Wait, well, I think I've heard that one before. Not all humans are persons. Um, so, um, what, what did you feel like you learned or took away from that hearing just some of the shameless answers? Oh, I'm pro-abortion. Well, oh, is this awkward now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you hear the, the number one answer that all those people said is that, you know, I make the comparison after they sign it for the Eagle and then they, then I tell them about abortion and killing children. They all say, you know, it's a woman's choice. They don't look at me and say, well, actually it's not a person. You know, they don't they don't look at me and That's say right. that what they do is that. say, oh, it's the woman's choice, because no one 
wants to look like they are anti-woman, okay? I don't want to look like I'm anti-woman. They don't want to look like they're anti-woman. It's just a bad thing to be, right? No one wants to be anti-woman, okay? It's just it's just how the world is. And so if the left has gone and taken people and said, hey, if you don't support abortion, you are anti-women. You hate women. Then people are going to be very adamant to say, okay, fine, I'll, I'll be about this. You know, like one of the major... One of the major things that I I wrote in the book about abortion when you're talking to people about it is that you know that you have done a good job with your argument on trying to change someone's mind if at the end of talking to them, they come out and say, hey, I would never get an abortion, but I'm okay with other people doing it. It's like, okay, I would never murder someone, but I'm fine with other people doing it, right? (laughs) That's that's, that's essentially the logic that they are saying. And so that's what you find with many people and, and breaking that sort of you know, mental chains that the left has put right. on them in that way is, is is really your main focus. And I think yeah. that at least even if I didn't change their minds exactly in that video, I think a lot of people right. who watched it had, had mind-changing moments. And oh, maybe the totally. people who I talked to definitely, yeah. you know, at least went home and maybe thought about it a little more. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because you're, you're creating cognitive dissonance. And they're like, wait right. a second. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But, but you're right. And I found that so interesting, too, because um, you said... Why do you support the eagles' rights but not the rights of unborn children? And you said children, right? Uh, and then she said, I think it's a mother's decision. Didn't even say, oh, well, no, well, it's not a child. It's not a person. It's not a human. I mean, she completely accepted your phrase, unborn children, and then said, well, I think it's a mother's, mother's decision. Right. You believe mothers have the right to kill their own children. That's disgusting, <laughs> you know? Um, right. But, you know, G.K. Chesterton once said, well, that, uh, wherever there is animal worship, there will be human sacrifice. And I think that that's probably more true on the issue of abortion than anything else. I mean, these people are more willing to protect and worship eagles. Uh, or in Colorado, at the end of 2020, they voted to protect the gray wolf. And in the same voting cycle, they voted to not ban 22-week abortions. Um, and so, you know, what happens to a society when we are more outraged over the mistreatment of beagles than babies under Fauci? you know, um, which I'd love to get your response to, by the way. So, but we continue to see the, the same just uh, cognitive dissonance between loving puppies and eagles more than human beings. And you have to have the conversation, but eventually I think as Christians, we understand that this is real spiritual warfare. Uh, I mean, this is like some dark stuff. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm, dude, you're exactly right, man. I mean, that is exactly what it is. I mean, and before people don't know, I mean, before I was going to get into the politics stuff, I mean, I was going to be a veterinarian for large wild animals. Like you won't find a conservative person in the mainstream wow. who likes animals more than I do, that wants to protect animals, all of this kind of stuff, right? right, right That's right, kind right. of partly how I thought of that that video idea with the eagle eggs because I was, right. I was doing research on this. And I'm like, I want to protect eagle eggs. I want to protect animals. I think these things are really important, right? But there is a difference that, that humans are made in God's image, you know? So here's the, the problem. The problem is, is that you have church attendance, you have Christianity declining in the West. These are all going down, right? So when you have a society that is godless, then they no longer value human existence. They don't need to value human existence if they think that there is no afterlife. They think that life is meaningless. They have this existential nihilism about everything in the world, and they they don't think anything really matters in that sense. There's no objective morality. It's all this postmodern nonsense. And I know I'm kind of throwing around a lot of things right there, but they all kind of join together to be this new godless exactly religion right. that the left has created. And so yep. when you have that, then people are not going to value life. 
they are going to value these groupthink things like uh, like uh, women's rights, you know. And I'm not saying women's rights is a groupthink thing in that sense, but when it comes to abortion, they use it as a, a tool to get their their desired agenda, right? Yeah, that's right. And so all of these things come together and say, hey, this is our new religion. Christianity and Judeo-Christian values are falling. And so this new religion we have is essentially anti-human and, and big collective. And you don't need yeah. to think about the individual being made in God's image anymore, that's that you are an amazing person who has purpose. That's exactly right. No, it's perfectly put, Will. It is, it is an anti-human um, agenda. And that's more, more evident on the issue of abortion than anything else. But you did provide a, a wonderful um, sort of encapsulation there of progressivism and its sort of founding ideals. And you open up in your book with this, right? Um, and I talk about this too. A lot of people misunderstand that Nietzsche quote, right, of God is dead and we have killed him. Um, why don't you share a little bit about that and, and sort of how you, say, how you see that um, playing a role in sort of this alternative dogmatic leftist religion. Yeah, I'd love to. I love talking about Nietzsche. He's my favorite. And, and you know, I did a speech the other day, or not the other day, maybe about a month ago at University of Missouri, Kansas City. And this guy yes. comes up to me, this big leftist guy, and he says, hey, you talked about Nietzsche in your speech, but didn't you know that Nietzsche was an atheist? How can you be a Christian and say that Nietzsche is one of your favorite people? I'm like, uh, do I have to agree with every single thing that someone says to uh, appreciate wisdom when someone says it? You know, it's uh, that's again, that's how the, how these people act when they're coming and asking questions. But right. Nietzsche said the famous line, God is dead. We have killed him. And people think that this is a congratulatory or celebratory thing that he said it. No, this is a lament. I mean, he is he is saying this is a bad thing because something right. will have to fill the void for people to get some sort of meaning in their lives right, when yeah. Christianity goes away in the West. Right. And yeah. he was exactly right. I mean, he wrote that in the 1800s right in germany and now look at the west i mean like i said the the, the rates of church and christianity are declining mm. in the west yeah. we are having lower birth rates we are having more right. anxiety and depression i mean we are more abortion than than ever before i mean all of these yeah. things are compounding into these big societal issues that i think is getting to a place where it's a bubble that's about to burst i mean they are truly anti-human in all these different ways look at the climate change movement i mean climate change movement tells you that you are a, a parasite on the earth destroying it i went to a yeah. march and asked people if they would I, I had a petition there i was doing another kind of video like that and i said will you stop having children for climate change and they signed this petition you know, how yep. crazy is that? I mean, it is an anti-human religion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it is wild. And so, yeah. yeah, and I think until we realize that we need to bring biblical truth back to America and, and right. individualism against the collective and know that, that right. pursuing truth is the most important thing that we can do in our lives, until we that's bring right. those things back, truly America will fall. The West yeah, will fall. Right. Because those are the things that have made Western culture all the way back from, from Charlemagne setting up in, in Europe. I mean, it goes back way before this. It, yep. and, and that's why society flourished. Yep. And the communists have been very honest about their agenda, right? We're going to get into your schools. We're going to indoctrinate your children. You know, <laughs> And by the time, I think it was Reagan, right, who once said that, um, that if, if, if communism ever came to America, it would come in the name of liberalism. Um, right, because liberalism sort of uh, denies some of the foundational ideals of the republic, of these sort of natural rights, the recognition of their source, and then the enshrining of those God-given natural rights 
within our polity, within our political system, and within our laws. Um, but you know, secular liberalism has long maintained that human nature is just infinitely malleable. We can just tinker with human nature until we get the formula right. It was Obama's popular line of like, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. Really, Barack, it bends towards justice. Wow, I guess, I mean, I guess you haven't read your history then because uh, we kind of just like genocided a bunch of people 80 years ago uh, and now we're genociding babies in the womb. No, no, it does not bend towards justice. It bends towards despotism. And, and what, keeps, what keeps that in check is the love of liberty and, and politicians who swear to protect the natural rights given by God. Um, and so unfortunately, Nietzsche's sort of prophetic line is just as true now um, is when he said it. Um, it reminds me of something Abraham Lincoln once said, Will, when he was uh, debating uh, pro-slavery Democrats like Stephen Douglas in the, in the famous Lincoln-Douglas debates. And he said, I should like to know if taking this old Declaration of Independence, which declares that all men are equal upon principle and making exceptions to it, where will it stop? If one man says it does not mean the Negro, why not another man say it does not mean some other man? Uh, what Lincoln's saying is if you deny liberty or natural rights to some, why not deny them to all or to more? And whoever has political power can determine who's in and out of the personhood family. That's what they do to the preborn. That's what they're doing to the unvaccinated that they treat like unwashed right. sinners. And that's what they'll one day do to conservatives and to us if we don't stand up. On that note, I want to read something you said from your book. You said it so beautifully here. And again, you guys go get Will Witt's book, How to Win, in, Win Friends and Influence Enemies. You say, what I've come to realize is that the same people who are worried about what the left will do to them if they speak up now should be far more worried about what the left will do to them if they don't speak up now. Um, so when you see what's happening, you do nothing about it. You're just sowing the seeds of your own destruction. Um, what have been your, your thoughts in, in what, where you see the sort of the moral and political landscape of the country right now um, as you're contending with these ideologies and, and these people uh, throughout the country? You know, I, I, it's hard to say. It's really hard to say because I, I just finished a month-long book tour, a little bit more than a month, and I went all over the country. I went from New York to West Virginia to Florida to Phoenix to Denver, all over this country, right? And there are places that I was expecting, obviously, to be worse. New York was one of the worst. The places in California where I am, some of the worst. But I went yeah. to, to Oxford, Mississippi, Ole Miss, and I spoke at that university. And because I came and spoke one of the professors who is the student advisor or the teacher advisor for the student group who brought me is going to get is essentially getting terminated for his job because of because of bringing me out to speak and among other things you know other things right yeah. things that they make up right and i talked to all the i talked to all the conservative students on that campus when i was there speaking and they said i don't have one conservative professor i'm like this is all miss like what wow. is going on that Ole Miss in the in the exactly. South, like one of those schools that you expect to just be like good old boys, everyone's chewing tobacco, you know, it's like like one of those types of places is yeah, yeah. is destroyed by the yeah. left. I mean, in terms of the political compass and where it's going in this country, I think until we stop sending people to public schools and universities, um, at least right. ones that have just horrible values, nothing will change. 
literally nothing is going to change because these places are the worst places in America. Right. And and parents have put so much credence into them. You know, you ask so many parents and you say, hey, what's your name? And they say, oh, hi, my name's George. My son goes to Yale. You know, it's like they tell you about <laughs> where their kid goes to school before they tell you yeah. anything about themselves yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's yeah. like just how it's been in America, <laughs> right? Right. And so I think until we stop putting these things on such a high pedestal, these leftist indoctrination camps and say, hey, I think there are alternatives or maybe I want to send them to a good uh, school that actually has good values or anything right. like this. Until we do that, it's not going to get better. The education yeah. is, is paramount. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and, the, and the left understands that. And that's why mm -hmm. they've been working slowly but surely for decades. Right. Things happen gradually, then suddenly. And then you wake up one day and you realize that your country's gone. Um, I went to Westmont College, Will, in Santa Barbara, and it's a, it's a Christian liberal, liberal arts college, and I was the founder and director of the first pro-life club that had ever been on that campus. And it took me a nice. full semester to find a faculty advisor to get my club approved from a Christian college whose motto on their emblem is Christus Prumatum Tenens. It means Christ preeminent in all things. Yes, Christ is preeminent in all things, um, but so was the prenatal Christ. So was Christ preeminent in all things from the moment he became a human being, the moment of conception. But my university, my alma mater, hires pro-abortion professors. Um, now, not all of them, but I know some of their names because I had debates with them, email debates, in-person conversations, where they, they said that they, they had voted for Obama or that they supported a woman's right to choose. And I'm like, dude, you're a Christian. Like, you're, you say you are. Like, what in the world are you talking about? And my alma mater doesn't even take a pro-life position on abortion. And when I challenged them by holding dead baby photo signs on campus, saying, here's what our university supports. Here's the mutilated babies that our president of the college and, and the university uh, faculty don't believe should be protected. Um, I had a meeting with the president because he was pissed because he was getting concerned emails and phone calls from parents all around the country. Uh, he's more concerned about his image, of course. And I said, right. I said, Dr. Beebe, Gail Beebe, the president there, why doesn't Westmont take a position on abortion? And he told me, well, he said, well, Seth, there's a lot of issues. And you can't expect us to take a position on all of them. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it's just, one, it's just like one of many issues, like climate change, immigration, gun laws, drug laws, and, and the genocide of babies. I mean, they're kind of morally equivalent. Mm -hmm. Why are you making such a big deal about this stuff? And that's, that's what many of our Christian colleges believe. Uh, and so if our Christian colleges are creating progressive Christian leftist activists, who, I mean, good Lord, what are their secular universities doing? And we know and we see the fruit of that. And so I couldn't agree more. It's time to pull out all of your kids. It's time to homeschool again. Time to take back parenthood and schooling. Um, or else one day we will wake up and realize, oh, oh, my own rights are now gone. Because uh, I, I didn't speak up earlier enough. It's, it reminds me of something Dr. Mildred Jefferson said. She was the um, founder of the National Right to Life Committee. She was the first black woman to graduate from Harvard Medical School. And she made Ronald Reagan pro-life. Um, you, you go check her out sometime, Dr. Mildred Jefferson, or maybe you know about her. But she, her, her pro-life case on TV, Reagan watched it, wrote her a letter and said, you made me pro-life. Uh, and she once said, today it is the unborn child. Tomorrow, it is likely to be the elderly or those who are incurably ill. And then who knows that a little later, it might be anyone who has political or moral views that do not fit into the new distorted order. Um, and that's where we are now. Um, Will, uh, where can people connect with you? And also, um, what do you have planned for the future? Any new books coming up or exciting university speaking tours that you'll be doing? 
Yeah, you guys can find me on social media anywhere at the Will Witt and for more of my videos, PragerU.com. And actually, you know, I can't spoil too much, but I just finished uh, kind of the proposal for my next book, which I am very excited about. So hopefully going to be sending awesome. that out this week and, and, and getting started already, you know, uh, no breaks. So just getting <laughs> yeah, ready good. to keep going again. Yeah, yeah, good for you, man. No rest for the weary. Thanks, yeah, if, if if conservatives don't exhaust themselves now in defending life and liberty, uh, then there will be no country left. And unfortunately, that's because the church right. has abdicated for so long that now we have right. to work over our shifts uh, to to save this republic. Um, well, thanks so much for coming on today, brother. Thanks for your voice for truth and for the life of the unborn. Uh, guys, go check out the Will and Amala show, which if you're watching this, you'll see the WNA live there. They do a great live show every day. Uh, what time is that, Will? 2.30 Pacific. 2.30 Pacific. Every day. Um, every day, live on YouTube and Facebook, and they cover everything in the culture wars and the political wars. Uh, I, I've tuned in. It's a good hoot. Um, Will, thanks for joining the show today. We'll be praying for you. You keep up the good work, brother. Hey, thanks, boss. We'll be doing the same for you. <laughs> thanks, man. We'll see you around. Uh, thank you guys for joining the show today. Go get Will's book, How to Win Friends and Influence Enemies. It's really a fun read, um, especially if you're a parent with young people. Um, Will has the, um, the benefit of still looking young and being young. Uh, and so young people, you know, you know how it is. You look at a 40-year-old, 50-year-old dude, and you just, unfortunately, too many young people don't take their perspective as influential anymore, and that's a problem for young people to figure out. But um, Will has been very influential in moving the dial for young people on university campuses. This book is a great tool, um, especially if you have uh, high school students, uh, junior high students, or college students uh, that you want to make sure are exposed to the right ideas that they're not going to be exposed to on university campuses, and you know that about our university. So go get Will's book now. Follow him uh, on all the social media platforms. If you enjoy this show, head on over to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Give the show a rating and review. Let us know what you think. If you want to book me for an event for next year, go to SethGruber.com, S-E-T-H-G-R-U-B as in baby boy, E-R.com to sign up for my newsletter, to see my speaking schedule, or to book me for an event as next year is filling up quickly. Thank you guys so much for tuning into my conversation with Will. We'll see you next week. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. <laughs>